Hey everybody, this is Ty Rivera. If you're listening on SoundCloud, please go over to my YouTube, youtube.com slash Ty Rivera. Give me a like, comment, and subscribe, please. I will continue to put these on audio on SoundCloud for at least the next year. So if you like the podcast, the audio version isn't going anywhere for at least a year, but helping out with my YouTube would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. Hope you enjoy this episode. Told you guys I'm going to talk about it, but I don't think a lot of people are going to like what I have to say. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Ty Rivera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. This is obviously the episode of Unbothered for the week. Unbothered by Ty Rivera. That's right. Yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Bijou is currently enjoying a Whimsy's Alligator. Whimsy's Alligator, never to be sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, but we still plug them and we still put the link for their treats down in the description. It is an Amazon link, so I do get a bit of money when you decide to buy one. And when I say a bit, I mean next to nothing. It's not exactly paying bills. But it's been our thing forever here at Unbothered, and that's what it is. Before we really get started, please make sure you hit the like button, comment when I get on your nerves, and subscribe so you know the next time that I'll be getting on your nerves. I said that I would talk about the situation with Walter Wallace Jr. If you guys didn't see, that was the video that I posted from West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh, uh, from West Philadelphia, where the guy ended up getting shot by the police. He was a black man. It's making protests that are really riots. And I'm tired of people not knowing the difference between protests and riots. I'm going to say that right off the bat. If you're really upset about racial injustice, stealing a TV from Walmart is not the way to prove that. Looting the CVS and stealing a bag of money from there also doesn't fall under protest. You devalue your own situation. You make it so people don't take you seriously. And I think that the other people involved in the actual protest part of it need to start shutting those people down and let them know you are not representing what it is we're supposed to be doing right now. So can you please stop getting in the way of what could be an actual protest. Do I think they have a reason to protest? Honestly, I watched the tape. If you guys saw it, um, two, two videos back on my channel, I went ahead and uploaded the news stories about it as well as an Instagram live that a guy was doing. Uh, it's unfortunate that this went down the way it, the way it did. So I don't want to come off as completely insensitive. Tonight I heard um, an interview with the father and the father of Walter Wallace Jr., who was obviously the victim, if you want to put it that way, or even the assailant. I don't know what the proper wording is on this because I want to be politically correct in a way, just out of respect, but at the same time I want to be accurate. And I want to tell you guys the way I really feel about it, which is... Okay, so you take the case just the way it went down. One, the guy sitting in the car recording that jumped out like after he got shot and was like, whoa, it's like, you're late. 
You're late. You were just trying to get some content for your Instagram live and it was all fun and games. And then the guy got killed and suddenly you wanted to jump in and help. Why didn't you jump in and help sooner if you really wanted to help out in that situation? Were you trying to help out? Do you really care? Or were you just trying to get video for your Insta? Because if that's all you're trying to do is get video for your Insta, I get it. But don't jump in and be a hero as soon as a guy gets shot. It's too late. What do you think was going to happen? We all have been watching the news. We all know how this plays out. And in this one especially, you couldn't blame the police, in my opinion. Yes, his mother was chasing him around. It looked like seen from Pirates of the Caribbean when they're, you know, if you guys have been to the ride in Disneyland. And I don't mean to make light of the situation, but it's just what it reminded me of because they were running around the cars. And I'm not sure if he was chasing the mom or the mom was chasing him or exactly what was going on in that moment. All I know is that the cops were already on the scene by the time the guy started recording. According to reports, according to reports, whoever had called had called for an ambulance, which I get it if you think an ambulance needs to be there because he is having a mental lapse, which is what they claim. The father says he was having a mental lapse and clearly there was something going on. But here's the news on that. If the ambulance shows up and there's a guy with a knife, they're not going to handle that. That's not what EMTs do. So even that is expecting too much of people that that's not their job. That's not what they do. So, of course, once you say that there's a knife involved, the police are going to show up. So that's what happened. The police showed up. The guy was chasing his mom or his mom was chasing him. Like I said, I'm not sure exactly how that was happening. And then you did see the cops or hear the cops tell him to put the knife down or uh, drop the knife and then he got shot several times but the other thing I don't think people understand and I know this because I did a podcast with the police officer at one point a couple years back and he told us that they're not trained to just shoot somebody in the leg or shoot somebody in the arm they're trained to stop that threat so if that doesn't translate for you that means that they need this guy to drop to the floor, whatever happens. So if you don't back up when the police tell you to back up and you lunge at them with a the knife, unfortunately, there's a good chance you're going to get shot. Some people said they should have tased him. I have a friend that says he was a security guard for a long time and that a taser wouldn't work because of the thickness of clothes because the guy was wearing, obviously, it's October, so... And they're in Philadelphia, so colder weather. And he was wearing some sort of jacket. So my friend that said he was a security guard forever said that that wouldn't be a good course of action to take is tasing because it wouldn't go through with the thickness of the jacket. I don't know that to be fact. I know that the police didn't have tasers on them anyway. That's according to the reports. So they might be able to get some money based off of that. But I don't really know because if you watch the video, you saw that they did tell him to back up and he did not listen to them. And if he had a knife in his hand, then that makes him a danger if he's lunging towards them because you also do see on the video he does continue to advance on them. So they shot him several times and it may have seemed like a lot. I believe it was 12 shots, but... When somebody doesn't just go down, because if you notice again on the video, he doesn't go down until after they're done shooting. So I don't really know what it is people expect or why people are blaming the police on this one. It's a very unfortunate situation that he was having a mental lapse. 
But the police aren't psychiatrists. They're not equipped to deal with that. And I know some people are going to say that they should be. And I'm going to say good luck because it's going to be hard to find somebody that's really that interested in doing both. When it comes to what the police do versus what a psychiatrist, psychologist, and I know that people will say that they should have de-escalated it, but I don't really know how you de-escalate a situation when a person is advancing on you with a knife. To me, it just doesn't seem to be that reasonable to expect that. And I will tell you in these cases, I'm tired of the family coming out with pictures of them at graduation or with their kids. And it's like, yeah, we understand people have good days and people have bad days. But that isn't the person that they were dealing with, obviously, on that day. So when you show me pictures of them in graduation, it's like, cool. But at the same time, that wasn't the same person that the police were dealing with. So I get tired of that, to tell you the truth, because I think it's a misrepresentation of what's going on. Yes, you know him to be maybe somewhat harmless. He wasn't listening to his mother, and his mother was chasing him around. Like, if he's not listening to her, I don't really know what people think the police are going to do. And I know some people would say that they shouldn't have drawn their guns, but what are they supposed to do? Are they just supposed to allow this person to stab them because they chose to be police officers? To me, that doesn't make sense. And I've met bad cops and I've met good cops. I've had encounters with both. And I don't necessarily think that they had to be bad cops in order to handle this situation the way that they handled it. At some point, we need to start taking responsibility for what's going on in these different communities and not blaming it on the police. Yes, sometimes it is the police, and that's completely valid, and I have no problem with people bringing that up. But this, to me, takes away from that when they want the police to face penalties or lose their jobs or possibly go to jail or whatever it is they're wanting right now, I think is completely unreasonable. And I saw some people on the news saying, that it was just a pocket knife. My dad carries a pocket knife. He's carried a pocket knife my entire life. My dad has kept that knife so sharp, he keeps it sharp, sharp. So when you say just a pocket knife, to me, that doesn't equate to being the most harmless weapon. So I don't really get the, like, it was just a pocket knife, you shut your mouth. When it comes to that, you shut up because you're not being helpful right now. It's, it's a lot to expect from people. You come at me with any kind of knife and I happen to have a gun on me, you're getting shot. That's just what's happening. I'm not going to think twice. And I'm, I know I'm not a police officer and that's the reason I'm not a police officer because you put a gun in my hand, I will be dangerous. But... Like I said, it's unfortunate. So it's not like I'm completely unsympathetic to the situation. But at the same time, I have to be sympathetic to the police as well and understand what it is they're going through. Because I know a lot of people don't like the police in general right now. I personally do not fall in that category. Like I said, sometimes there are good cops. Sometimes there are bad cops. And you have to give them the benefit of the doubt, just like you have to give everybody else the benefit of the doubt. When you see a person with a knife, that means that that could be a threat. You don't know if he's going to stab his mother. You don't know if he's going to stab one of the neighbors. You don't know if he's going to stab one of the police officers. You just don't know. And then there was another guy that was shouting at the police that they could have handled it better. Well, how about you handle it? Since you know how this should be handled, 
How about you handle it instead? How about you make sure every one of your neighbors has your phone number and you be a 24-7 police officer, deputize yourself, and take care of your neighborhood. Police your own neighborhood. If you think there's a better way to do it, because I see people talking about defund the police all the time. Like, that's the most popular thing right now is everybody's defund the police, defund the police. Okay, well, defund the police then. So now you're going to have people that are even more poorly trained doing these jobs because they're going to have less money going to the police department. And I get it. A lot of money goes to the police department. So I can understand when they talk about defunding the police. But at first, when I heard the term defund the police, I thought they meant completely take all the money away from the police. Turns out that they want to redistribute some of the money into the community and different programs and also for people that are better equipped to deal with mental health crisis, that kind of thing. And I get that and I think that's good. But again, this is where branding will get in the way because if you're saying defund the police and the average person is thinking like I was, that they're talking about actually completely defunding the police, then you're not gonna have a lot of people on your side. But if you were to change the wording, but then that's where you get in trouble because people will be like, no, I wanna defund the When it comes down to it, I think people are stupid. And I think people don't know how to get what they want. And I've said this over and over, but it's just a recurring theme. And so if I'm just being as blunt as I want to be, just let people keep dying until you learn your lesson. That's really the way I feel about it. And I know that I should be nicer, but I'm over it. I'm tired of people not ever taking responsibility or just being like, yeah, this was an unfortunate situation, but it's what happened. Then there's also what's going on right now with the situation between Black Lives Matter and the police, where there are people that are leading black people to believe that because these injustices have happened, that now suddenly laws don't apply to black people. And that's not ever going to be the way it works either. So whoever it is that's saying this, which I think is the Black Lives Matter crowd and the white people that claim to love black people but give them the worst advice and the, the advice that's eventually going to lead to more black people getting killed. That's what's going to happen. That's the reality of that situation when you think that you're empowering black people by telling them not to listen to the police you're actually putting them in a more dangerous situation yeah you're making them feel like they're empowered because now they don't have to listen to the police but then things like this end up happening which this guy was like i said going through some kind of mental episode so this is a different circumstance but i've also seen videos online of people that were just outright not listening to the police because they think they don't have to anymore and in the long run that's gonna hurt more black people so if you think that that's the best way to handle it then you continue to give that advice out i personally would tell any friend that i have black white asian Hispanic, I don't care what you are. I would tell you to listen to the police as much as you possibly can. I have talked about it myself. I've had my rights violated by the police and it was just me and the police. And I felt like in this situation, it really is risking my life, taking my own life and my own freedom into my hands. And I'm not going to do it. Then, like I told you, there was the one day where I had really had it and I didn't care either way. And I personally would be willing to take the consequence at that point. And I really wouldn't want my parents to make a big deal of it if it went down like that. I'm just not one for all that. I guess they probably, w I don't know. My mom's kind of feisty, so she would probably sue the shit out of them. But, you know, it's case by case. It's just, it is what it is. I, 
Uh, it, it's a tough one for me because, like I said, I can understand it from more than one way, especially since I've had my own run-ins with the police. So I'm not going to pretend that I completely don't get it. I have tattoos on my face. That makes police think that I'm not necessarily a good person, which they're right. I mean, like, I'm not the best person in the world. I'm not going to lie to you guys and act like I'm an angel. I'm not. But the tattoos on my face shouldn't be the signal. Whatever. <laughs> it just is what it is. But, yeah, that's where I'm at on it. I I get it, but at the same time, I don't think the police could have handled it any better. And I am tired of the people that claim that they're there to protest, but really they're just there for a come up. That's the way I feel about it when you're stealing TVs out of Walmart, which if you don't know, that's what's happening too. And then there was a 56-year-old police officer that got hit by a car in their protest and it's like they say, violence just begets more violence. So I'm going to let that burn itself out and mind my business outside of the fact that I told you guys I would talk about it. So I'm talking about it. Okay, so as far as me personally and what's going on in my life, I am wearing a three-quarter sleeve right now. And that's because I am getting ready to go to my good friend Jack Slammy, a.k.a. Uncle Slam's birthday party and I really don't want to go anywhere because I've been a homebody lately and just going to the gym and eating the way I'm supposed to be eating and hanging out with puppy Bijou and really just living a chill sober life and so I really don't want to go anywhere but I do love my friend Jack and so I do want to show up for his birthday party and I will show up for his birthday party so I'm gonna do that but you know, I'm it really I'm enjoying life, but at the same time, I have a lot of work to do. I've really been working on my YouTube channel. If you haven't noticed, I'm going to start doing a thing where I put out the short video early in the day and then the longer video in the evening. And I'm liking this process, even though it is a lot of work. It's not easy. Like I said, it does take between four and six hours for each video I do. But with the shorter videos, that's going to be previews or things that I think should have been highlighted in the other video. Because if you make a 20-minute video, being honest, not everybody makes it to the end of 20 minutes. And I don't mind that. I get you watch for as long as you can watch or you watch the for the time that you have. And then you got to go do what you got to do. So I'm not expecting people to watch the entire thing. But a lot of times, if you notice... I'll ramp up, and if you do stick around to the end of the video, by the end of the video, I've really hit my stride, or I've really just loosened up, and I've started saying things the way that I really want to say them, and so I'll put out little short clips so that it highlights the parts that I think are most important. The other day, it was from the Jared Kushner video, but the video was, you know, create your own lane, which is something that I talk about, think about, mention all the time, just you can't wait for other people to pick you. At some point, you have to decide that you're worthy and just do whatever it is you want to do. I want to say that I hate that this shutdown happened, but this shutdown has led to me really working on my YouTube, which is something that I always wanted to do and I had started it. A lot of you know me from when I first started really doing these and I, so it's something I wanted to concentrate, but I always felt like I didn't have time for it. Well, now I have nothing but time 
And so, you know, and who knows if we're going to go into another shutdown or what's going to happen. And I don't want to sweat it. I would rather just be chill about things and figure things out in a different way. And why really make that a stress in my life? I don't want unnecessary stress. So if I can figure this out the way I want to, then that's what I would rather do. And as far as the comedy scene goes, I still have plenty of things going on. November 6th and 7th, I believe it is. I'm in Phoenix, well, Glendale, where I'll be headlining Stir Crazy Comedy Club. November 20th and 21st, I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee at Catch and... January, I'm in Colorado Springs where I'll be doing Loonies, which is one of my favorite clubs. And so I have some stuff lined up, but I'm really not stressing that kind of thing for right now. As long as bills stay paid, I'm good. I'm not just trying to be out on the road just for the hell of it. I did that for so long and I don't hate it, but I would just like to build this to a point where things sell out everywhere I go and then I don't really have to do the road the way that I was doing the road. And I know some people kind of judge me for not being as aggressive in trying to book things right now, but I just don't think that that's the best use of my time. And I spent so long doing that that I don't feel like anybody from the outside can tell me what I should be doing. The way I see it is as long as I'm able to do what it is I personally feel that I need to do, then nobody should really have any opinions about that. It's not like I'm asking people for anything. Well, Venmo, Ty Rivera dash comedy, Cash App, Ty Rivera. If you want to send me something, you can. But that really is for a particular thing. If you enjoy the content that I put out, I already told you how much time I'm spending on this. And if you notice, I have been putting out videos every day. So it's not like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do or I'm lagging. And when people do send me money, this is like the catch 22 of it for me, even though I'm appreciative because it's a good problem to have. But because people do send me money at different points, then I feel like I have even more of a responsibility to put videos out because even though you could think of it in the way like you paid me for what you've already seen. The way I see it is you're paying me for continuing to put out content. So once you send me money, then I feel even more of a responsibility to continue to put out content. And I have gotten everything from, well, you know what some of you send. And thank you. And some people send as little as a dollar. And I judge nobody for any of it. I am thankful for all of it. And that's one thing I can tell you. Because if you even open up your phone to do something for me, I appreciate it. People that just watch my videos, I genuinely appreciate it. All of it is helping me get to where it is I want. And so I'm not going to be judgmental about any of it. Comments, when people leave comments on my stuff, like especially my videos, I'm not going to mistreat you even if you completely disagree with me. As long as you don't get disrespectful, then your ass will get blocked. But as long as you're, you're respectful in the way that you comment, I don't care if your opinion is polar opposite of mine. 
I just appreciate the fact that you took time, A, to watch the video, and B, to actually say something, to actually let me know, give me some feedback. Sometimes people say dumb stuff that I don't care about. Like one time this guy was like, yeah, I noticed that there's something plugged in behind you, and I was like, mm, you'll live. you know. And then if you're distracted by anything in the background, one thing I'll tell you is I absolutely love this painting, but I'm going to go back to the other one that I have that has the gold frame on it. They're both by brainstemming.com. So if you guys like any of the stuff that you guys see, I, at different points you'll see on my Instagram and stuff like that, that I'll post the art in my place. And that's from brainstemming.com. Absolutely love that guy. And he's somebody that I'm fortunate enough to know. I'm very fortunate to know a lot of the people that I know because when it comes to other comedians that I know and brainstemming is the only actual artist that I hang out with that's my friend my friend even though he's Bay Area and I'm obviously here in Vegas so it's not exactly like we're close in proximity but the people that I know in the different art fields I really like their stuff like I talk about Tim Dillon all the time and you know he had me work with him in Phoenix and he's doing so great he was just on Joe Rogan for maybe his third or fourth time now and he was on there with Alex Jones and that was trending in the United States on Twitter which is a really big deal and really great but I talk about him all the time and that's because I genuinely like what he does. You won't hear me talk about things that I don't genuinely like. Like I'm just I, I know I wouldn't be a good salesperson for things that I don't actually use or things that I don't actually appreciate because if I have no feeling for it, I have no feeling for it. It's a little unfortunate, though, because every once in a while, if you're a person like me, you'll get used a little bit. And that kind of will bother me. Like I have these friends that I won't use their names because I'm not trying to get them flamed or anything like that. But they really did disappoint me because when they were running their business, I was promoting their business all the time. I was always mentioning it. And. Then there was a point where the wife, girlfriend, whatever, didn't agree with something I said on social media and decided to unfriend me, which to me was really silly because we had never gotten into it and there was no reason for us to get into it. And I hang out with so many people that don't agree with me on politics, but the way that we handle that is we just don't get into it. We don't troll each other. We don't bother each other about it. We just leave each other alone. I'm not a person who's going to force my politics on you. I talk about that on my YouTube channel. I talk about it on my Facebook, but that's because that's content. That's me talking about the kind of stuff that people in a lot of cases want to hear me talk about or the stuff that I know that I'm going to end up talking about in videos. So of course I'm going to mention something about on the something about that on my Facebook. Then there's also the fact that I am genuinely, in case you can't tell, a person of color and gay. None of that is me putting anything on. So of course those things are going to actually matter to me. Like when I talk about the situation with Walter Wallace Jr., like there's the part of me that's talking about that just because it's content, but there's also a part of me that talks about that because I am a person of color and I do have a lot of black friends. So 
even though some people might not agree with my opinion on it or my perspective on it, I think that if you listen to me, you can tell that I'm genuinely trying to give people what I consider to be the best advice that I can possibly give them to make sure that they stay alive. Yeah, maybe by taking my advice, you're not going to end up being the next Malcolm X, but maybe you have to live to turn into Malcolm X. How long did Malcolm X live anyway? I don't even know how that went down. Martin Luther King, he was pretty peaceful and he ended up getting it kind of early. So, you know what? Maybe don't listen to me. I don't know. I put stuff out there and I try to give the best advice I could possibly give. That's all I try to do. I try to tell people, if you pay attention to my podcast, I'm actually a very positive person. That's why I don't listen to people when they try to tell me how negative I am or how self-hating I am or any of that stuff because I feel like I feel like I'm actually giving you good advice to say keep moving in life. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything slow you down. Don't get killed for something that really at the end of the day isn't going to matter. You know, there's, like I said, a difference between a mental lapse because I understand that sometimes when people are dealing with psychosis, you really are just out of touch with reality. So you don't really know what's going on. And this man, I believe they said it was bipolar. So that's a different circumstance. But I try to understand it because... I notice that it's obviously causing a lot of pain for people, and I notice that some people are also just taking advantage of what's already a bad situation, and I think it's important to call that out too. That's why I mention Antifa every once in a while and how I don't think that people should encourage Antifa or put up with Antifa because they don't have the best interest of the communities that they're protesting with. They just don't, you know, they're more on the side of anarchy and chaos. And if you're trying to get something done on the legal front, like a friend of mine sent me a video of, well, my East Coast bestie, not just a friend of mine, uh, the East Coast bestie sent me this video of this woman at like a city council meeting or something. And she was reading everybody. She was like, you look like you need Bosley and yeah, I guess, I guess if that's what you want to do, uh, but it doesn't move anything forward. That's what gets me about these people is they don't say anything productive or constructive or they're not really going anywhere. She's like, you know, my oppressor cannot be my whatever. It's like, shut up. Just can you just I mean, well, that's one thing I'll tell you guys that I'm tired of, because there are a lot of people that think that roasting is the way to get things done. And all you do is make people shut down to you and think you're ignorant. That's what I'm going to tell you about roasting and that kind of situation. Like if you're an actual comedian and you choose to do roast, I've done roast before. I'm really good at roasting. But the thing about roasting, if you know what it really is, is roasting, the tradition is we only roast the ones we love. Like that's, roasting comes from the friars. And that's what, so when people have adapted roasting to just reading and talking shit, it's like, okay, well, I guess do that, but I don't really know how much it's going to help out your cause. And maybe it makes you feel better. And I saw people in the comments under that video like, yes, queen. And it's like, you're all just a bunch of idiots, all of you. Like, you don't know how to get anything done. And people are going to continue to get shot. People are going to continue to get hurt because you're too stupid to figure anything out. 
And that's why sometimes I do get angry and I just feel like, yeah, this is evolution taking out what we don't need. It's also the way I feel about what, Corona. And I, I know some people get mad at that, but everybody blames the president for the amount of people that have died during Corona. And if you're really being honest about that, you look at the problem on the whole. You don't just look at the one person and say, oh, this is all President Trump. No, this is not all President Trump. This was Nancy, I needed to get my hair washed, Pelosi telling people to go out and enjoy Chinese New Year in Chinatown. This was Bill de Blasio telling people to enjoy life in New York. This is the who, let me not do some cheesy who joke, but this is the who that didn't give us as much information on the what as they should have. I just had to get one in. But this is all of China lying to us in a lot of ways. This is Joe Biden saying that it was xenophobic to close or to not allow travelers from China. The, and Donald Trump and Donald Trump. And let's be very clear that I'm saying that too. As all the way around, you have to look at the problem on the whole. You can't look at one person and be like, this person did it. You're never going to solve anything that way. No matter how much you hate Donald Trump, it's just not going to fix anything to blame him for everything. The way to fix the problem is to look at everybody and say, this is where you were wrong. This is where you were wrong. This is where you were wrong. Let's all fix it. Let's make sure this doesn't happen the same way again. A hundred years from now, because that seems to be about the timeline that it takes for another pandemic to happen. So put this in your purse for a hundred years from now. Whatever. I don't know. I'm just tired of people being so unproductive. And it's the reason that I don't care about a lot of people. I don't really. People say, you know, however many people, 225,000 people are dead. Not enough. Let's keep going because we still got a lot of idiots around. So let's clean all the rest of this up. And that's the other thing. If you really look at the statistics, those were people that were on their way out anyway. So I don't understand why we're trying to fight nature. I really don't. And I shouldn't upset myself like this because really this doesn't have anything to do with me. I'm well and I'm healthy. So I don't really know why I even dedicate any energy to this. I guess because it pisses me off having to wear a mask because other people haven't taken care of themselves. I really feel like that's a lot of where my my personal stress in the situation comes from or why I get upset with this situation is because I really do resent the fact that I have to wear a mask because some people aren't healthy. And I know that there's some people where... They have asthma and that wasn't their fault. They were born that way and well, maybe you weren't meant to make it. I don't know. And I'm trying to be, like I said, I'm trying to be nice. But at the same time, I just don't know what anybody wants from healthy people. Like why people were mad at Kim Kardashian because she flew to a private island and took friends and family with her, her closest friends and family because she wanted to celebrate her 40th birthday and people were like, it's just really tone deaf. What that you're poor. Like, come on. I mean, I, I'm not living that jet set lifestyle either, but I'm not going to hate on her for being able to do it. And she posts pictures of it, but she posts pictures of everything. So what do you expect her to do? Be a private person for one moment in her life. That's not what Kim Kardashian does. 
That's not even why people pay attention to her. She makes millions and millions of dollars by putting her entire life out there. She puts in her entire life in so on social media in the public eye, and you all obviously buy it. I know I'm not. I'll glance at things every once in a while or whatever, but I don't buy any Kim Kardashian products. I would only watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians once in a while when I'm in a hotel room. I don't seek out the show. I don't even have cable. I am not part of what's funding Kim Kardashian. I just think it's kind of fun to watch somebody live on that level. I think it is cool to see somebody live that glamorous of a life when I catch it, but I'm not the one that's making Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian. That's a lot of the same people that are complaining about Kim Kardashian that are feeding the beast. So if you're feeding the beast, don't complain later that the beast does what the beast does. That's just the way it works. But everybody wanted to be up in arms about that. And it's like, why do you care? If you don't like it, don't look at it. You don't have to watch what Kim Kardashian is doing. You don't have to pay attention because she's what like I don't get it and then there's the people that hate her there was one guy that compared somebody to Kim Kardashian and was like this girl makes Kim Kardashian look like a Rhodes Scholar are we really pretending Kim Kardashian is dumb because I think if you think Kim Kardashian is dumb you are clearly an idiot Kim Kardashian is worth over a hundred million dollars and some people would say oh well that's just because she had a sex tape no there's full-on porn stars that haven't been able to make over $100 million. It's not just about that. There's something about her that is just good at making money. Well, her mom, yeah, and that's a smart move too. Like if you have people around you that are smart enough to point you in the direction you need to go to become a millionaire that many times over, maybe that's as smart as you need to be because there's a lot of people that can't even do that. There are talented people that aren't worth a fraction of what Kim Kardashian is worth. So you don't think making money is a talent? You don't think being able to figure out how to put yourself in the right place or market yourself the right way or work out as much as you need to work out or all the things that Kim Kardashian does to be Kim Kardashian, you don't think there's any talent to that at all? You think it's just dumb luck and the fact that she showed her You're an idiot. You don't understand how anything works. And that's the reason you're on Facebook and Twitter all day. And Kim Kardashian is on a private island celebrating her 40th birthday with her close friends and family. Now that's reading somebody. If you really want to know what reading is, it's reading somebody about something that actually is as trivial as it should be for you to read them. When it comes to trying to make changes within your city or saying that, because what the woman I was talking about that read them at that city council meeting was talking about was police brutality or and that supposedly is an important thing right like if there's anything that you're going to take seriously it would be police brutality you would imagine but no she showed up ready to read you with your white people don't age well and it's like who cares you're wearing a wig so when you walk in perfect, then you read everybody like that. For now, I know, I know, I get, I get worked up about these things, and I really shouldn't. But that's the point of unbothered is to talk about it till it doesn't bother me anymore. But yeah, I was talking about my friends that I would promote their stuff all the time, and I had said something that she didn't agree with on 
Facebook and then all of a sudden I noticed that she had unfriended me and I usually wouldn't mind that if it was just somebody else but this particular friend I was supportive enough with them that I think that a she just should have kept scrolling and not paid attention to it or if it really bothered her that much then she could have talked to me about it and I could have explained to her why it is I come at it the way I come at it but I think a lot of people know that they're not really going to be able to handle the fact that I'm so logical in the way that I think about things because most of the things that people would judge me on are things that I've really thought it through on like when it comes to race I've been navigating this system for so long uh, you know I'm not new to being brown and I'm not new to being gay so I've been navigating this system for so long. Sometimes young people come at me the wrong way and they're like, oh, well, this is the way you should have done it. And I'm like, OK, well, let me know how long you bang your head against that wall before you figure out what I figure out and how to make things work for you on an individual individual basis and stop worrying about the rest of the crowd. Because if I waited for other Mexicans on everything I've been doing, I'd still be wherever they are and. I don't know a single other Mexican that I met that's doing stand-up that I really feel like, oh, I really wish I was doing what they were doing. I don't. In most cases, if we're being completely honest, when it comes to Mexicans on the stand-up comedy scene, they are the most backbiting crabs in a barrel group in stand-up. The black comics, for the most part, seem to get it. They help each other out a lot. They help each other get ahead. That seems to be more what the black comics do. And I don't mean to overly generalize because I'm sure there are some black comics that mess up. But for the most part, what I see with the black comics is they really do help each other out. They'll get into groups together and be like, this is the plan. We're going to figure this out. And they take care of each other. When it comes to the Mexican comics, Mexican comics are cool with me, but that's because I don't really mix with them like that. Once you hang out with them all the time, suddenly it turns into a thing of competition and I just don't have time for it and I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be that. So I I really do believe even when it comes to white comics or any, you know, any comics, Chris Dorn is the only person I hang out with. Uh, like all the time like my friend my friend and even him if you notice you don't see us around a lot together or I'm not always posting pictures of us hanging out at different clubs and stuff like that I'll show up sometimes if he's performing somewhere or he'll show up if I'm performing somewhere once in a while if we have time but comedy is a solo sport so I don't see people as competition but I also am not going to hang out and wait for you or make it a point to do sets where you're at or whatever it is these people are doing. I just don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't get why people want to be in packs like that. And I know that people by nature are tribal. So to a certain degree, it makes sense. But I just never had a tribe that I wanted to be around all the time. I love my family more than anybody in the world, but I don't even hang out with them a lot. And they get that. But that's also the way they raise me. My family's always been like, yeah, do your thing. That's why it's so great having them as my family when it comes to holidays and all of that kind of stuff is there's never any pressure for me to be anywhere because they feel like if I want to be there, I'll be there. If I can be there, I'll be there. But there's no requirement for me to be anywhere. So when it comes to 
race and being like, okay, well, now I stand up for all Latinos or now I stand up for all gay people or any of that stuff. I'm just like, no, I don't stand up for all of anybody. I just don't care like that. And I don't want to care like that. Oof. I'm sorry, but it does kind of gross me out. Just the dependence on other people and feeling like you've got to go down with some ship that you aren't even, it's not my ship. And I've had people get mad at me for that because they're really gung-ho. Like there was one person that I really did respect that just disappointed me because she got mad at me for not being all about her causes. But if I had a dollar for every person in my life that's ever done that before, I'd be on a private island with Kim Kardashian. Like, it's just... There's so many people that want you to completely abandon your own thinking and just take them as, I guess, your guru. Or I don't know what it is these people want exactly or what position they want to play in your life. But for me, I don't want to. I don't... I don't... I'm having a hard time today because it's my my receptors are a little off and I know I know partly what that's about and why I'm quote unquote bothered and that's because <sighs> we're getting to Halloween and I've told you guys my history with Halloween and that's when my sister died and so it gets closer and closer and I get a little more screwy and I'm staying sober like I said on Halloween night I might do something fun I might smoke a little I might do some mushrooms, I think was what we we're talking about, or possibly acid. I'm not sure. I'll I'll take that as it comes to, because I just live day to day, you know. And then after that, I'm going right back to being sober again, because I'm liking being sober. It's feeling good. But I know that that night is going to be something special for me, just in the way that my sister used to smoke weed all the time, and also like. I'm one of those people that when I do that are mushrooms, it actually does take me somewhere that's different and it does expand my mind in a different way. And I 100% trust myself and I know I always take care of me. And so I will enjoy that part of it. And then the next day I'll go back to being sober again because this is what's best for my life. I see myself eventually being sober all the time. Maybe, you know, things will be like a once a year thing. Maybe Halloween will be it or maybe a twice a year thing. Halloween and my birthday. I don't know. I'll take it day by day. But that life of being high all the time, which is something that I'm very used to, like, you know, just smoking weed all the time is something that I'm very used to. And weed's always around me. So I always have access, but it's just not for me anymore. It's not fun like it used to be in that way, and I don't want to force it. And I, that's one thing I've I've never wanted to be as a person that just forces things. Like I used to drink a lot. There were times when I drank too much, but I wouldn't describe myself as having been an alcoholic at any point. I just used to like to drink, and I, I would do it in excess at different points, but. Then eventually, I just got tired of drinking. And I felt like, okay, well, I can force myself to continue to drink. Or I can just accept that I don't want to drink anymore and allow myself to evolve to whatever's next. 
And so I really didn't drink anymore. There's very few people that I even want to drink with anymore. I talk about the East Coast bestie. I know at some point we're going to have a good tie one on session together when I see her. Because last time when she was here, it was when we were doing the comedy festival, laughed out. And we didn't really get to hang out that much because I had so much to take care of. But we got to hang out but not drink. And so... One of these days we'll have to have a good one. But the funny thing about us is we have this tradition where we always start off the night saying that we're not going to drink. And we genuinely mean it at the moment we say it. And not we're not going to drink, but just like, let's just go have one drink. And then the next thing you know, we're drunk at the end of the night, going to a McDonald's and having the best egg McMuffin that either of us have ever had in our entire lives and then we spend the rest of our lives chasing that dragon but still neither of us have had an egg McMuffin as good as the one we had that particular night there were nights where we would go to this after hours place in Hollywood called the Thai Angel and we ended up discovering a secret room upstairs one time and they were really cool with us and nobody asked us what we were doing up there but we ended up quickly realizing we were out of our depth. It was one of those situations where it was like, what are we doing up here and what is happening around us right now? Because there was a lot going on to the point where I still don't think I should talk about it. There was another night where a guy kept accusing me of being an undercover cop, which I don't know what that was about, but it was very annoying and I finally had to yell at him. Because, you know, if you're hanging out in the wrong place and somebody's accusing you of being an undercover cop, that can make real problems for you. And I don't know why he kept saying this. I just remember he kept pushing it and we were so drunk and I just eventually got tired of him and I was like, just shut up. Leave me alone. What are you even talking about? Why are you bothering me? Because that's one thing about me. Like I told you guys, I've really learned to watch my temper now and it's gotten a lot better. But there have been times where I've been very hair triggered just because and it's not even hair trigger. It's just people continue to push and push and push me. And they don't understand. Like I tell people this all the time. I've got a crazy button. I don't like to fuck with. I tell people that all the time because it's true. It's just I don't like now I'm getting better. Like I said, at controlling it. But I don't always have the best handle on it once it's just out there. Like, like eventually, if you just continue to push me, and maybe it was, well, not maybe. I know it's because when I was younger, I was bullied. And so I just got to a point where my rage would build. And so people don't understand that that's not a genie that's easy to put back into the bottle once you let it out. And so with that guy, he just really got on my nerves because he wasn't fully understanding that he was creating a dangerous situation for me or what could possibly be a dangerous situation for me if people start to think I'm an undercover cop in a place where, like I told you, we discovered stuff in the secret room that let us know that these people were not playing. They were a serious group. And I don't, like I said, I still don't know why they just let us roam so freely because they just treated us like we were part of the crowd. They offered us all of what they had and we both said no because we didn't get down like that. But it was, it was like something out of a movie, like what was going on around us. And like I said, we had access to it. So, but we knew that they were serious people like, you know, so 
you're possibly going to get me killed by continuously asking me if I'm a cop or implying that I'm a cop. And I think on that one, the fact that I look Asian was what saved me from anybody taking that guy seriously. And he was a white guy. So, you know, it was called the Thai Angel. So this is Thai people, which if you know anything about Thai people, they're really great people. But, you know, it's one of the advantages to looking, you know, I'm ethnically ambiguous, so I could be anything. And so Asians especially love me and take care of me. So it's a good thing. But it doesn't mean I need any extra heat or want any extra heat. Anyway, you know what, you guys? Um, I, I'm going to apologize to you for this episode because I don't feel like I'm 100% on it. And next week I'll be back to just being me. But I have so much going on in my head at this very moment. And I'm not going to lie to you guys and act like I've been going through it this whole week or anything like that. It just comes and goes. And I sat down to record and I knew that I had to do this and I wanted to do it. But then at the same time, once I got into it, I realized that I was a little bit. um, I'm not in the best space right now. And I've got to go to this party, which... I'm going to go because I want to go and wish my friend a happy birthday, but I'm probably just going to stop in, say happy birthday and get out of there because I really don't want to be around people. That's one of the hardest things about my situation, you know, and being the way that I am is when I don't want to do something, I really don't want to do it. And I don't care what anybody else has going. I'll force myself like tonight because I really do like this friend and, you know, Jack, I really do like him a lot. I love him. He's a great guy. But I just don't want to be anywhere. And so I'm going to force myself to go do it. But there's a part of me that's just dreading the idea of having to be around people. And then since it's his birthday, there might be some people around that I don't necessarily want to see and don't necessarily want to deal with. And I'm going to have to smile and glad hand. And I don't want to do that at this time of year. And so I'm going to try my best to put on a good face and make it seem like I'm all right with everything that's going on around me, but I'm really not. And I don't want to pretend to be, but I'm going to do my best. That's all you guys can do too. So let's end on a positive note. Let's all just do our best. Have a happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe, be good. And whatever you do, stay unbothered. This has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Mm -hmm.